Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Gracious God, we want to thank you that you allow us to be here, that you allow us to worship together, and that we have the freedom to do so. And so now as we open up your holy word, as we read what has been true for thousands of years, and as we tap into the depths of your being and into the essence of who you are, that perhaps a part of that might become a part of who we are, and that we might capture some of that essence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to begin by saying that if I had to preach just one sermon every single Sabbath for the rest of my life, it would probably be this sermon that I have prepared for this morning. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, that's what pastors are always supposed to say, right? Every sermon is the best sermon. Uh, Every sermon is the most important sermon that we have to hear. Every sermon has the deepest truth for what it is that we're supposed to know in order to be followers of Jesus. But I would honestly say that this morning, this sermon is perhaps one of the most, if not the most important sermon for us because of what it teaches. This morning's sermon is about the motivation for what you do what you do. In essence, it's about the why do you do what you do. What is it in the depths of your being and the depths of your soul? Why is it that you do what you do? And so I want to begin by inviting you to open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. And, and I know that I sound a little bit funny, but that's not the microphone. I'm, I'm congested, and so I sound extra nasally, unless somebody has Sudafed on them. Does anyone? Can I have one? (laughs) If you're if you're our guest, we're a family here, and I feel horrible. And Amanda, who was our former youth pastor, always has what I, I guess, what I'm needing. So if you can bring that up, that'd be awesome. Philippians chapter two, verses three through eight. Thank you. I'm so pampered. I love it. You give the pastor a weekend off and he gets sick. All right, let's get started. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. And this is what it says. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. So the question that we want to ask, starting off, is how much of what we do can come from selfish ambition? How much of what you do on a daily basis can come out of just the selfishness of being a human being? What does the Bible teach us? Nothing. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Now, the Greek word... For nothing means nothing. (laughs) Do nothing, absolutely nothing. What you do from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed, from the interactions you have with your husband or your wife or your children or your parents, your classmates, your co-workers, your boss, even the people that you can't stand, the Bible is clear. It says do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. In other words, don't do anything in the sense of conceitness means with pride. 
or cheap pride. Just because you want something done a certain way doesn't give you the right to act and be how you want to be towards people. Does that make sense? So just because, I know I made the baby cry. She got mad. I tried to play with her before, but she almost cried again. But do nothing, do nothing out of selfish conceit. Do nothing out of selfishness. But instead, the Bible tells us, in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Now, humility isn't something that we generally strive for, is it? In a social media-saturated society, humility isn't something we strive for. Instead, the platforms of social media, of which I am partially guilty of as well, right? We want to show, share with everyone and sometimes show off with every, everyone what it is that we're doing, what it is that we're eating, where it is that we're going. Well, you know, all that stuff that, you know, never in our lives did we ever have to experience before. But with the social media saturated society, humility isn't really a word or isn't really a way of being that we strive for. Instead, we, with social media, we have this 15 seconds of fame where now we all have this sense of fame. Now, if you're a guest, you're like, oh, man, not one of these pastors that's against everything that's trending. No, I love social media. I'm on it every day. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that sometimes these things, they make us so self-centered. They make us or we allow ourselves to make ourselves the center of the universe. And what ends up happening is that instead of learning to be humble, we crave and we desire more attention. But what scripture teaches us and what it's teaching you this morning is do nothing out of selfish ambition or cheap pride, but instead in humility regard everyone or others before yourself. So to be humble means to not toot your own horn because you did something really good. Like maybe you bought a hamburger for a homeless person that hasn't had anything to eat. There's no need to put that, you know, on Facebook. I've done that. <laughs> All of these examples are personal examples. <laughs> There's no need as a pastor to take a picture of myself preaching and then post it as my profile picture. There's no need to be in prayer and have someone take a picture of you and then have them post it on social. I mean, I've seen pastors do this, by the way. And, and I always want to write, you just defeated the purpose of what the whole thing was supposed to be about. To test whether you are being humble or not is who do you thank for your accomplishments? Are you thankful that God has given you the ability to be able to achieve certain things? Or do you just take all of the... All of the accolades for yourself and say, that's right, I deserve it because I earned all of this on my own. Who are you giving the credit for, for the successes that you reach in your life? The Bible tells us that we move and breathe and have our being in God. So if it weren't for God, we wouldn't be here today. So who are we thankful for? Who do we attribute all of our success, all of our accomplishments? To whom do we attribute all of those things? Is it to the God who gives you life? How many of you have ever seen these videos where they show how small the world really is? In the immense universe that we live in, our world is reduced to maybe one speck of, of sand along a beach. That is how small our earth is compared to 
immense universe and galaxies and everything that is out there in space. Have you given yourself the rightful place in the sense of we owe everything to God? So we keep asking, what does it mean to be humble? Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. If, if there was one part of relationship advice that I can give anyone, couples that are starting off, marriages that have been going for 20 years or 10 years, friendships, work relationships, if you look not to your own interests first, but to the interests of others, your relationships will be so much better. Look, we live in a world, we live in a place where from the moment that we are born, it's as though everything revolves around us. Granted, as little kids, we can't feed ourselves, so our parents, they have to feed us, they have to help us change, they have to change our diapers and all that, but there's a part of that that stays within us as we get older, and we begin to demand from other people, this is what I want, this is how I want it, this is how you should be, these are my expectations, so you should be this way, but the Bible doesn't teach us to do that. To always want your way, that's a worldly way of doing things. That's the way the world teaches you how to live. But a biblical way of living is for you to, before you want in your own way, it's to ask someone else or to think about that other person and put them first and say, okay, what would benefit them? How can what I'm about to do make their life better, not just this is what I want and that's how it's going to be? One of the ways that this kind of manifests itself, if you're a parent and you have kids, like younger kids, and, and there's certain things that you like done a certain way, right? Like the TV can't be above a certain decibel, or the trash cans have to be emptied every single day, or whatever it is, right? What, you, you know what it is. In your house, you know, your kids know exactly what it is. Most of the time, there's not a really good reason for why you want things done the way they're supposed to be done. If you really take a step back and ask yourself, why do I want it this way? You could probably trace it back to the way that your parents raised you. And what's the one thing every one of us says? When I'm a parent, I'm going to do things differently. So as a parent, think about why you want things done a certain way and ask, is this because it's benefiting only me or is this actually going to benefit my children in the future as well? So the question that I think has arisen in most of your minds is, yes, pastor, this all sounds great. It's stuff we already know. We know we should be humble. We know we should be selfless. We know we should be loving. But it's not easy. Amen? Is it easy to be selfless? Is it easy to be humble? If you do something really amazing at work, do you want to give someone else the credit for doing it? No. If you did something like maybe you're a husband and you and you did something in the backyard that you know you just made it look really nice don't you want your wife to say good job no they they're afraid <laughs> uh, they're like no cuz she told me to do it 3 months ago but you know it's <laughs> but it's not easy it's not easy to put other people before you it's not easy to treat other people better especially if you feel like they don't deserve it. And so when we think about this teaching, we say this is just another one of those things that the Bible says that is just extremely difficult to do. And that's true, 
but that's because most of you are still coming from the point of view where you think that you are ultimately in control of your life. You still believe that you are in ultimate control of your emotions, your feelings, and your actions. If you try to be humble by yourself, you are never going to accomplish it. That is because what the Bible teaches us is that God, through the Holy Spirit, comes upon you, and it is God who begins to shape and transform you and make you into a better and clearer image of who God is in you. What we find in the Garden of Eden is that Adam and Eve, they sinned, and from that moment on, the image of God in humanity was distorted. From the very beginning, who God made you to be, the image of this Most High God who creates you and says, you are to be my reflection in this world, that image was distorted by sin and selfishness. And thousands of years later, we are here on earth in orange, and we are trying to get away this, all of the distortion in our lives because we want to be able to reflect who God is, but it is not easy. And if you do it alone, you will lose that battle every single time. When you think that you just have to be nicer to people, you are starting in the wrong place. When you think that you just have to be a little bit kinder, you're starting from the wrong place. The true starting place in your life in order to accomplish this is to surrender yourself to God ultimate surrender and saying, God, take my will, take my heart. The, kind of the, the prayer that I do, and I'm not saying it's a prayer you should do, but it's the very first thing is, okay, God, you can completely hijack my entire being and just live through me so that I could be a reflection and a representation of the love and the grace and the mercy that you have bestowed on us. I say, God, take over completely, because if it's up to me, I am selfish. And somehow throughout the day, I manage to forget that prayer, and I find myself saying or doing something, whether it's in the car or in a conversation with somebody, or when it's in a conversation right with the people that we love the most seems to be the people that we hurt the most. And somehow throughout the day, I find myself edging God out, and I have to try to reset but how many of you, when you're in the midst of this kind of, maybe you're angry, maybe you feel cheated, maybe you feel like someone said something, and you're just boiling up, how many of you can just stop and say, okay, God, just take over now? No, we say what we want to say, and then we say, sorry, God. <laughs> and God's just like, again, the correct starting point is not just to in the morning surrender yourself to God, but it is to make it a constant and daily and minute by minute mantra. One of the things that I've started to do, and this is just sharing from my own perspective, is, is in my mind remembering you are my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's something that kind of plays as a continuous loop in my head because if the Lord is my shepherd, then he will lead me down the paths that I need to go down. I think I'm a, I think I'm a above average smart person, okay? So I don't think I'm average. I don't think I'm below average. I think I'm slightly above average. So much for humility, right? But I think I'm slight. <laughs> if you're our guest, oh, just look past me. Um, I feel like I'm slightly above average when it comes to smarts. 
But even on my best day, when I am like, I'm functioning at the highest level, if I only leave it to myself to make every decision without including God in my life, I am still probably going to fail. You know why? Because I can't see beyond this very moment in my life. I believe that the Bible teaches that God can see for all eternity, that God can see beyond this very moment. And so I would rather trust the one who creates all things, who holds all things, who, who we owe our being to. I would rather trust that guy than to trust myself who can't see beyond what I'm doing in this very moment. I can have wishes, I can have desires, I can have goals. I, all that stuff is, has its time and in place. But ultimately, I want to put my entire trust and surrender in the God who can see beyond my five-year plan beyond my 10-year plan, because if you are part of this church community, you know that my plans have changed beyond what I had ever imagined they would be, okay? A year ago, things were one way, and one year later, things are, couldn't be more 300 and, or 180 backwards, I don't know what that, I think it's backwards, um, and yet, I am still living at the height of, of, my, of my life, because I know that, that my life is in God's hands, and wherever God is leading me, no matter how much pain has been in my past, I know that my future is in the hands of the God who created all things and who is moving history forward. I challenge you to surrender yourself to the God who not only created all things, but who created you and wants the very best for you. And a part of God's plan for your life is to learn to be humble, and you do that by surrendering rendering yourself to God on a daily basis and saying, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing else I need. Now, this is where we're going to get into the deepest crux of the sermon. Some of you are like, man, it's 12 o'clock. It's okay. I've said there's food, there's potluck, so if you get hungry, you don't have to drive home. You can just walk right over. So just bear with me now as we get into the deepest, the meatiest, the meat and potatoes of not only this sermon, but I believe of, of what God intends for us. So in order to be humble, it says this. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Who? Jesus. Though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Let that same mind be in you that was in Christ. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ. Jesus is, Jesus was, in oneness with God. Jesus is God somehow, some way in God's infinite. And this is, again, why I would rather trust God, because I can't even comprehend what the Trinity is. But Jesus was, is, the king of the universe, he didn't have to do anything. If we look at all of the movies that we see in Hollywood, a king has his servants, has his serfs or whatever, and everybody comes and everybody takes care of the king. So a king doesn't have to really do anything. Jesus is king of the universe as part of the creation process of the entire universe, 
doesn't have to do more than that. He's already done enough. And what we find is that Jesus humbled himself, who though he was in the form of God, or though he was God, Jesus did not regard him being God as something to be exploited. In other words, he didn't take his rightful place as king and demand all the universe to obey him and to do everything that he wanted. Instead, Jesus emptied himself of his kingship. Jesus emptied himself of being the king of the universe, and instead of being in this ethereal place that we call heaven, instead of being in a place where there is no sin, there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no sickness, instead of staying in that safe place, Jesus takes the form of a human being, and he comes to this earth. And he wasn't even born into a wealthy family, right? In God's wisdom, Jesus could have been born into a wealthy family. He could have been born into the right family at the right time. He could have been elected a mayor, or he could have been elected the, the high priest, or Jesus could have been a priest, or he could have been elected to a political office, and then Jesus could have gone through the process and tried to make things better. But instead, we find that Jesus was born into a very humble family. Jesus was born into... It was born to a virgin. In essence, Jesus was born to a single mother. He started from way, from, from the most disadvantaged place, and he humbled himself, and he obeyed God, and he lived the life that God had asked him to, which is drawing all people to himself, and he did it even to the point of death. How many of you would take a position of authority and say, you know what, I, I would rather just be a regular person? Most of us are striving to get to that place in our lives. From the moment we are born, our parents tell us that we can achieve anything. They'll say things like, you can be the president of the United States, which in a sense is perhaps the most powerful position in the entire world. And from the moment that we're born, we are told, you can be that person. Built into the DNA, you go to school so that you don't have to work for someone else. You go to school so you can start your own business, be your own boss. You go to school so that you can be the pastor of a church and tell everyone what to do. <laughs> that was never told to me. <laughs> but the, the fabric of our being, at least in this country, is that, no, we strive for the highest positions because that is, what, that is what we are called to. And yet what we find in the Bible is that's not at all what we're called to. We're called to humility. I'm not telling you don't go to school, don't strive for all that. That's, that. That would be mixing it up. But if you're striving for those positions of power just so that you can have the power and the prestige that comes with those letters behind your name, you're doing it for the wrong reason. But if you are striving for those positions of power so that you can help those who cannot help themselves, if you are striving for those positions of authority so that you can help those that have been disenfranchised and forgotten, that is noble. But if you are just striving for the position for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. I know some of you are probably saying, like, this pastor, what is, what, what, what is he preaching but I can tell you that as closely as I've read the scripture, what I am teaching is that the God of the universe who didn't have to humble himself, humbled himself in the lowest form of being a human, born to a single mother, born with no money in the bank, with no trust fund, with no savings, with nothing. And yet this one man, because he obeyed and surrendered himself to God, 
change the world forever. I'm going to wrap up pretty soon here, but this passage here, where, and I'll read it one more time because it's so powerful. It says that though, in verse 6, he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This means that as parents, you must learn to be humble. As children, you must learn to be humble. As husbands, you must learn to be humble. As wives, you must learn to be humble. As bosses, you must learn to be humble. As pastors, we must learn to be humble. As elders, we must learn to be humble. Because Jesus, the author of our life, showed us what it means and what it looks like to be humble. So the next time you feel like raising your voice at somebody because you want to get your way, remember that Jesus would not have done it that way. It's not just about, you know, the, that movement in the 90s where those bracelets, it was the what would Jesus do bracelets. To ask yourself simply what would Jesus do from situation to situation is to still be living somewhere outside of yourself. But rather, if you embody this humility of Christ, you don't have to ask what Jesus would do because you're trying to internalize it and live it every single moment of every single day of your life. Therefore, be imitators of God. Be imitators of Jesus. For Jesus, the way up, for Jesus, the way of power was actually to be a servant to all. And this morning, our message and our challenge is that instead of just trying to get to those positions of power, instead of trying to get our way, instead of simply just yelling at our husbands or wives because we don't like what they're doing, if you learn to take the step of humility, because even on your best day, you're still not that bright, if you learn to be humble, not only will every single relationship you are in benefit from it, but you will live into the pattern that Christ set for you, and your life will be so much better for it.